0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. In the Bible, we realize we all have verses that have made something unique to us. The Bible's full of one-liners. Not just that are nice, paratic things, but one-liners that can actually change your life. It's like no other book. It's not just like reading you made a bit of poetry or something, so that's nice. But one-liners that can actually change your life. For example, you must be born again. Yeah? I can do all things through Christ. Amen. Thanks, it's me. My God shall supply all my needs. The Lord is my shepherd. With, all, with God, all things are possible. You've got them. Tonight we're going to look at one, and, and, and Pastor spoke and made reference to this one many times, and Tony's just going to cliff... Or Christopher, I'm getting like Clifford now, forgetting names. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Has anybody got any cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all right, we're going to pray now. <laughs> we're going to pray now. Father God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. We do pray that this word would come alive to each of our hearts. We pray that you would speak into every situation. We pray that you would speak and and guide us and lead us and and minister to us through your word. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you will take these words and enlighten them and and guide them and put them into our heart in the name of Jesus. Next question, does anybody use the Amplified Bible? Anybody? Yes, few people. Well, probably on your mobile devices, or your iPads, or computers, you'll see it. um, A-M-P, sometimes there's a C for contemporary version, or classic version. We're gonna look at this verse again, in the uh, Amplified. Um, And it goes something like this. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Isn't that a wonderful truth we have? Doesn't it just broaden it out? Just how comprehensive the love of God and the care of God is. There's many times when we have everything on that list. Now, there's many cars that come to us. You know, naturally there's cars that we have. Uh, an hour before somebody's driving lesson. you can see how anxious they are. <laughs> I can feel it myself. You know, there's, there's uh, issues in life <laughs> that cause us care. Imagine next July, in the middle of the month, we're probably going to be quite concerned in our house with the big wedding coming on, and Paul's probably a bit anxious about his speech. And... <laughs> So there's things that are naturally going to cause us concern. There's concerns and worries of our own making. You know, we make mistakes. We don't do things. We late doing things. We forget to do things. We say the wrong things. Um, There's cures that come our way because of others. You know, people do naughty things to us. People rub us up the wrong way. People say things. There's, of course, there's... Cures and concerns we have that are the direct result of the enemy, that he's agitating us and attacking us. Right? There's cares that are just completely outside of our control, our health, and many other circumstances. But you know what it says in this? It says, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your cares, once and for all. Mm-hmm. So, in all those situations that may come our way, There's a God that cares for us. There are a few, of course, other verses that support this. We all know Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And of course, Jesus himself said, If we do allow the cares of this world to come upon us, it can actually be a very damaging thing as well. Um, the world is full of cares and worldies, and if we allow them to continually not give to God, we can actually find that it actually takes away from it. We, we read this when Jesus was talking about the, the parable of the sower. And he says, Who receives the seed among you in the the thorns is like he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So holding on to all our cares and all our worries can have an effect on us too, particularly when we have so great a promise about how we can cast them onto our Father. Now, I'm sure you hear in the news so much these days about all the people that are taking their own lives that they're just seem to just be have no way out when we talk about salvation if they could only grasp we have a god that can deal with it there is a way forward we have a god that can actually help and change your situation you know and people may think oh christians you're all full of old-time rules and what's all that salvation about and i don't have to worry about when their back's against the wall, a verse like this would be the very light that would change their lives, you know? And it's such a tremendous, you know, way forward that we have in life, that we have a way forward in every situation. Now, Peter who, as we read, this is from First Peter uh, chapter 5, uh, Peter was in the middle of the persecuted church at that time, and Um, we know how Peter's life story went and after the day of Pentecost how he was the centre of what was going on in church but when he's writing to the church just before uh, he actually says these words 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 14 but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defence to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Again, 1 Peter 4 Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fairy trials. Anybody up for that? Yeah, not so sure which would try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of the Christ, blessed are you, (laughs) for the spirit of glory and the God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. So Peter was saying to them, Just before he says this verse, cast all your cares. You know, there's going to be some trials coming your way. There's going to be some difficulties. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. So, no matter what the difficulty was going to be, and he was telling the church, you know, there's going to be hard times come ahead, but there is a peace in the midst of all this. Now, Peter wasn't just speaking out of some theoretical way, he walked with the Master. Now, when we sort of see Peter starting to come into uh, the Gospels, um, we'll read here in Luke chapter 5. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So right at the very start of their acquaintance, Peter was able to say, I have a God that provides. Amen. Amen. This God came, and did he come in? Did he, did he provide big time? Their nets were breaking. Uh, we even see again; He provided for them in John 21, and He said to them, "Cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some." So they cast the net, and now they were able. They weren't now. They were not able to draw in because of the multitude of fish. Peter had first-hand experience of the provision of God. He saw it through Jesus. Again, we see another issue that uh, Peter came across in Matthew 17. And when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay tax, the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon, from whom do the kings of the earth take custom or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go into the sea go to the sea. Cast a hook and take a fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. So even when there was a need, Peter saw God can miraculously provide it. So he's starting to see, you know, God is caring and dealing for all these situations. Uh, Of course, when Peter actually sent them out, or when Jesus actually sent them out in, in Matthew 10, And there are a few verses here that's worth reading. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. They walked out in faith. Basically, go on a mission trip, but don't take anything with you. So early on, he learned, God will provide. Peter obviously saw a lot of miracles. Uh, I mean, every day there was miracles around him. But somehow, when it's actually some of your family that are in it, and you have a need, you know, you want to see it personally. Of course, in Matthew 8, Peter had a situation uh, with his mother-in-law not being well. Now Jesus had come into Peter's house. He saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and healed all who were sick, Amen. that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Pro- Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Hallelujah. So Peter's starting to see, even in his own family, God was caring for the situation. He was building up his understanding of what this really meant. And another example, the, um, the disciples were um, left in the boat with Jesus sleeping. And again, it's worth reading here to, you to see what it says. Um, And then we'll see how Peter reacts in in, in a moment. On the same day when the evening had come, he said to him, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And all the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obeyed him? So the disciples were all in the boat. The wind was going, the water was filling, Jesus was sleeping. Maybe if you're ever in a storm, does it feel like Jesus is sleeping? Does it feel like there's nothing happening? Does it feel like, you know, it's not getting any easier? Do you feel like my prayers not being heard? Right? In fact, they even said to him, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, they actually said to Jesus, do you not care? When we realize that Jesus is with us, the storm is still happening. Jesus was just waiting for his moment. Be encouraged. The storm can be calmed. And when he did wake up, you know, he said it was down to their faith, but ultimately he calmed the storm. It's not a great comfort to know that even when we think we're sinking, even when we think that, you know, there's no way out of it, Jesus was able to calm the storm. Hallelujah. Now haven't had that experience um, further on in the gospel narrative. You know, they're in another situation. This time Jesus wasn't in the boat, but they were still perishing, right? Um, in Matthew 14. And when the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for it was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, let me or command me to come to you in the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Now, I think Peter, because in the previous time when they had been in the boat and the Master was sleeping, he could probably say, well, Jesus can sort of handle this storm business. So he was, you know, maybe, you know, we'll go for it. And he did, he stepped out of the boat. But sometimes, even when we step out of the boat, we sort of think, is this a good idea? He started to get weak at the knees and he started to sink. Jesus made it clear, you know, of you have little faith. But even in his little faith, didn't the hand come out? Even when we have little faith, even when we're thinking, who's beside us? Yes. Jesus is beside us. He was able to take him by the hand, bring him back into the boat. Yes. The storm was still. This relationship, of course, with uh, of Peter, you know, When we think about Peter, we always think about the denial and and how he he, uh, turned his back on Jesus for that moment. But it was interesting that Jesus said in in Luke 22, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that you that he may sift you as wheat. But now I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So even when his faith was little, even when he was at his lowest moment, Jesus hadn't forsaken him. Jesus had been praying him through. And we know Peter repented, and we know what came on the day of Pentecost, when the power came, and what a difference he was. But when we read what happened in the book of Acts, you know, and when we read what we are reading, and what he's written, Peter had first-hand experience of the care. You know, when he was writing these words, he knew what he was talking about. He had been there. He had seen God provide for him. He had seen God bring healing. He had seen God deal with all these situations. Amen. And he knew that God could care for him. It's the same God. Amen. When we go through the the Old Testament, uh, one of the key uh, people that we, we always gain a lot of strength from when we read the Psalms. And um, David had some wonderful words of encouragement. And we'll see in a moment how he, he had a verse similar to this. Uh, but David knew something of the care and what it was to be under the shadow of God's hand. Psalms 27, a few verses from it. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set my feet high upon a rock. Even when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If there was ever a chapter in the Bible that emphasized how... God was affectionately and watchfully looking over us. was we'll said it in Psalm 139. And a few, few thoughts from it here, just a few verses. But what you really want to think about here is how much Almighty God knows about us and our circumstances and how he's watching over us. You, Lord. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar off. You comprehend my path and my line down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. That covers everything. For there is not a word in my tongue, but... Hold, O Lord, you know it all together. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book all were written. The days are fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, there would be more in the number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Isn't that an awesome thought that God knows? and is concerned and wants to to have the best for us, that he knows our thoughts, he knows our future. You know, this verse, it, it runs right through Old Testament, New Testament, about the care and the love. And if we as God's people can grasp just how much Almighty God is interested and concerned and wants to share the load, it just makes a difference in our lives completely. In Psalm 55, verse 22, there's a sort of the the Old Testament equivalent of our text when it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Psalm 55, verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord. So it's the same idea where we're uh, in the New Testament when he was David speaking. Now, Psalm 55, And make no apologies for reading a wee bit of it here uh, to see why, you know, David was able to say this and and in the circumstances around him. (laughs) Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. Silah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and from the tempest. Destroy, O oh Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and, oppression and deceit do not depart from its strife. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me. For he has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from it. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Let death seize him. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is their dwelling among them. As for me, I will call upon God, God, and the Lord shall save me. Do you feel the sense of desperation as David, as he writes this? It's viewed that this was probably the time when Absalom um, turned against them, when, um, when there was a treason essentially. And you read about it in Second Samuel. We're not going to go into it, but basically, Absalom, one of his sons, turned against them, and um, David's whole kingdom seemed to be falling down around him. The point that he, he got to where he said, "You know, do not hide from me. Hear me. I'm restless." and moaning noisily because of the voice of the enemy. You know, it's a very telling verse when he says, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. His mental state wasn't good. You know, he was feeling, is there any way out of this? Is the enemy too strong for me? Can I not deal with this? How am I ever going to get out of this? You know, trouble all around, people turning against me. What is the way forward? But he wrote, as we said, verse 22, he was casting his burden on the Lord. But there's a few telling verses. Verse 17 of that chapter says, Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry out aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He got it off his chest, as it were. In other words, he cast his burden onto the Lord. Yeah. You can hold on to your burden, you know, and he was in a dark place. He was in a really dark place. He was feeling the terrors all around. The enemies were coming, right? But he cast his burden on the Lord. What, how did he do that? Evening and morning and noon, I will pray and cry out aloud, and he shall hear my voice. The next verse, right? He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. The battle was there, but he had a peace. And this is the victory that we have. The battle may still be raging, but when we cast, when we give it to God, there is a peace, there is a strength, there is a victory that came into his heart. Doesn't it echo of the verse that we've already read in, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. It's a spiritual thing. You know, as we commit, as we cast our burden to the Lord, and as uh, David was saying, he was praying morning, noon, and night. He was crying out aloud. He meant business with God. A peace that passes all understanding comes you know he knew what he was going through and he saw the deliverance of God in it did Absalom come as his enemy to a bad end yes he did you know but David saw through it David was you know restored David came out of it he cast his burden upon the Lord can God deliver us We've got to think, well, that's okay for them. Is God able to deal with my situation? You know, is my problem too big for God? Is my circumstances beyond God? Is there any way that, you know, God can intervene with me? Well, you've got to think, when Jesus was on earth, was there anybody able to oppose him? Well, we know when the devil came to tempt him, he he couldn't lay a, a glove on him. But so many times, you know, even when the disciples failed, and I'm going to read here in a wee moment, even when the disciples failed to deal with a demon, did the demons trouble Jesus? No. And let me read a few verses from Matthew 17. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to him, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, If you has faith as a mustard seed... You can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, when David was saying about praying morning, noon and night, you know, he played his part in dealing with the problem. He gave the anxiety and the worry and the concern to God. He prayed and prayed. Jesus was saying, well, I've got the power. If you have the faith, but you may need some prayer and maybe even needing some fasting, you know? But there is a deliverance. God came through. The child, you know, was cured. Jesus got involved. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we don't even need to fear what can the devil do because we know how the end of the book reads, you know, uh, reads, Revelation tells us even death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Mm. Uh, And at the end of the age, it says in Matthew 13, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There's no power of darkness that Jesus can't deal with. There's no force that can come against this that means that this isn't true. It is 100% true. All the cares, all the worries, if we cast them to God, he can deal with them. Again in Matthew 10, we're told, and it just shows just how powerful our Savior was. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to strive both soul and body in hell. Of course, that is Almighty God. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground, apart from your Father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, do not fear, you are more of value than many sparrows. Yeah. Don't know how many hairs you have. <laughs> Don't know how many are counted. and some have less than others. And, um <laughs> God knows every aspect of every hair of your head, of your head, of your head, of your head. <laughs> There's none that he doesn't know about, you know? And he's saying, are we, do not fear. We are more valuable. And again, it's the, it's the promise he's watching over us. He's can I confer of everything that concerns us in all our ways, in all our days. He can take care of us. You know so in the first part of that he's saying don't worry about people that could actually kill you you know in other words any force of darkness but almighty god who can also kill and put into hell so all he can deal with all the forces of darkness he can take care of all the big problems but he's still interested in the very hairs in your head does not give you some comfort Maybe. and some you know when these words are written, they're just not picked out of the blue. They're because Almighty God has that level of care and concern for each one of us. It's interesting, the word about casting all your cares. Yeah? The idea is actually um, what we see when, when Judas betrayed Jesus and then it sort of the penny dropped on it were, or 30 pieces of silver dropped on him. <laughs> and he realized, this hasn't been a good thing. And he came back to the, the priest and he threw the coins back at the feet of the, of the priest. It's that same idea when we cast our cares. We're saying, it's you, Lord. Take all these cares. They're too big for me. As David was saying, I just can't take it anymore. But I'm casting them at your, into you. It's the same word, but it's it's, it's the same root word in in the Greek is used in um, Matthew 15. It says here, Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others, and laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled, and they saw the mute speaking, and the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind saying, and they glorified the God of Israel. When they laid them at the feet of Jesus, it's the same idea of casting your car. He dealt with the the lame, the blind, you know. He can surely deal with what we have on our table today. There's not a thing that is beyond him. There's not a thing that he can't deal with. But the challenge challenge is, do we hold on to things or do we cast them? into us. All the things which might be on your worry list, all the things which might be on your concern list, you know, you have an opportunity every day of your life, whether you take them and worry about them. No, I don't mean from a, I don't care about life sort of issue, but the fact when worries concern us and rob our joy and, and, and keep us asleep at night and, and deflect us from uh, the word and, and enslave us and entangle us. But when we cast, it's an active word. We've got to do something, you know. David in the Old Testament, he said, again, cast your burden. You know, you've got to do it. It's like throwing the money down, or you come like when they came in and they were laid at Jesus' feet. They had to do something. Um, you know, even when, you're, if you remember the parable when the, the guys couldn't get into Jesus and they went up on the roof and they took the top off the roof and the Lord, a bit, it was, they had to do something. You know, you can sit outside, as it were, with your worries and concerns, and they just trouble you all your life. It actually says, cast all everything, once and for all. What a mighty God we have. So the challenge is to consider ourselves to a loving God who not only can see it, but will deal with it. And as we read, there's a peace (laughs) that passes all understanding that can come into our lives if we take and we do and we commit it to him. We're going to uh, play a song now. And it was actually a song that that Sarah uh, played this morning. And part of it is called Waymaker. And uh, I'm not worried if you don't know all the words, right? What we want to do just as the song's playing, let's have a moment where we do some casting. (laughs) If it's on your heart, if it's troubling you, let's just take a few moments as the worship goes on where we say in our own words, where we say, Almighty God, here's the situation. You take my anxieties, you take every concern, every worry, every situation that I can't get my head around, I place it into your hands. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray about it. And it's really, really important to know that it's not just, you know, a thing we can think in our minds to do. But there is actually a power and a presence and an anointing that comes from Almighty God to get us through. There's a peace that comes from God. Um, One verse I just didn't do that I should really have said at the end of that, yes. Before we play the song, First Peter 1, and again, this is Peter speaking. We who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready ready to be revealed in the last time. We who are kept by the power of God. That word for power is the same power that was in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit came in that dunamis almighty power. The power of God can work in each one of us to keep us, ready to be revealed in the last time. All your life, you can know the power of God as you cast your burdens, your worries, your concerns to God. There can be a power come into your life that will bring the peace and know that God can deal with the situation. Believe it, you know. Amen. Trust God. And as as we have a few moments when we... Um, in our own ways, in our own words, as, 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 as we just lift up our heart and worship, then know that we are able to cast and commit all things unto the, uh, the presence of God. Um, I'm going to put another verse, or I shouldn't say another verse, I should treat the Living um, Bible's version of this, just as we're... Uh, As the song's playing, when it says, let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. So that's tomorrow morning, that's tomorrow evening, that's during the week, that's when you're lying at bed at night, he's watching over you. He's, He's able to take your cares and your concerns. Nothing is beyond him. So cast in your own way, whether you have to pray morning, noon, and night, whether you have to fast continually for a while, but cast and give it to God and let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. All your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately, and he cares about you watchfully. Remember, Peter, what he went through. Read Psalm 55 and see what stress David was under, that both could say, cast him all your care upon him. He cares for you. Father God, we do thank you for this time together. We thank you for the truth of your word. I, I pray for each and every one of us that your word would settle in our hearts, I pray you would come into each situation. and Father, you see the hearts, you see the circumstances, you see the, the challenges, you see what's on the hearts. And I pray you'd come as deliverer, you'd come as peace, you'd come as uh, strength, you would come to heal, you would come to, to bless in abundance, that you would provide, that you would guide, that you would lead, because we can cast our care upon you. We submit ourselves to your care, to your love, and that your peace would descend upon each one of us. We pray as we go through into this week that we would go forth with our heads lifted high because there's a joy in our heart because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is on our side, that you are with us, you are concerned about everything, you know when we rise, you know when we sit, you know our thoughts from afar off, you're always thinking about us, you're always... Uh, Guiding and leading us and we commit ourselves that we might lift up our hearts unto you that your blessing and your presence would go with us. Bless this people. May your presence be upon us and your anointing upon us and in all things that you would be lifted up and all the people of God said Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content Available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information www.mpc.org.uk